Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's finally that time of the year. U.S. Open is upon us, qualifying happening right now in New York. Round one finished yesterday, the, or round one, the first half finished yesterday. They're completing the round today. I am so thrilled to be uh, join, that we have joining us today one of the winners from the first day of U.S. Open qualifying. You may know him as the current 339, uh, 393-ranked player on the ATP singles rankings, the 2018 USA Boys 18s national champion in Kalamazoo, and a returner to our Cracked Interviews podcast. It's not often we do that, only for the big guns. Jensen Brooksby, welcome back to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, and I think the place we have to start, as I mentioned, you a comfortable winner yesterday in your match against uh, Kaichi Uchida, a 6-3-6-2 win. Uh, how'd it go? You know, how are you feeling on the grounds? Yeah, I got here a couple days early to train, and I was I was feeling very positive with my game beforehand, and um, I was allowed to um, execute my game in that match, and I played really well, and I was I'm very excited to start out with a good win. For you personally, having been to the U.S. Open last year in the main draw, but also you got the chance to play a bunch of U.S. Open junior matches on the grounds as well, did you feel comfortable returning to New York this year? Yeah, it was definitely very important last year to get the main draw experience plus all the more matches in juniors to make me feel more comfortable this year. In terms of how the surface plays relative to maybe, you know, I'm sure you've played junior and, you know, professional events in Decatur and just throughout the country. Uh, How does the U.S. Open compare? What is the grandeur of the scene like? Yeah, um, the courts are much slower here playing-wise, but um, otherwise, I mean, there's more, way more benefits off the court and, you know, the grandeur of the U.S. Open is obviously amazing, but I'm, I'm, I'm not into that as much now because I've experienced it last year, so I'm very comfortable with it. Yeah, this is a business trip for you. And I guess going in, um, a, a big thing for us fans of Americans and American junior tennis in particular, you didn't, you chose not to take the opportunity to defend your title in Kalamazoo. Uh, what was the reason you, know, you decided to skip that event? Was it just to have an, a longer period to get ready for the Open? Yeah, I mean, it was more I had been out a few months after the Sarasota Challenger with an injury. So I just wanted to get a couple more tournaments in, Decatur and Aptos. I wouldn't have been able to play those if I had played Kalamazoo. And I, I, I knew there was a good chance I'd get the qualifying wild cards. And since I'm going to college in January, I wouldn't be able to take the money from the main draw. Oh, well, first of all, so I, I, I can't let that slide. College is still 100% in the plans. I mean, right as of now, that is the plan. It's still college, but things change. All right. All right. I'm reserving the right to come back to that topic in a little bit because I, I, I want to talk about, and, you know, uh, Coach Boland happens to be a guy in my ear. I'm a big fan of his, and I feel like I'll get in trouble if I push it too far. Yeah. Uh, as of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, for you, you mentioned coming back from that injury, particularly after you had had, you won a Futures title in March. You had a little bit of success on the Challengers uh, in the run-up to the French Open. What was it like to, you know, sort of have that injury? Can you talk our listeners through what happened and then, you know, what your rehab process was like? Yeah, I mean, I was playing my best tennis in the, yeah, in Bakersfield and Sarasota by far in my whole career. And I was only feeling positive, but then that set me back a long while and I was you know it was a lot of those tough times throughout that I was you know I was pretty disappointed and there's you know so much waiting and can't get better while everyone else is improving and I was pretty disappointed but I 
you know, after like two months or so, I was able to start training again. And then I just told myself to stay positive and I was able to play well, obviously leading up to the good champagne Decatur turn. Was it a lower body injury, upper body? Yeah, it was a lower right back strain. Ugh, that's the back right is the thing where it's, if it gives out, there's really just nothing you can do. But I, th- I think the back's the worst spot really to get injured. It's, it affects everything. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you find yoga in your time off? Yeah, I have done some yoga actually um, for the last like four months or so. Thoughts? It's difficult. It is. <laughs> it is pretty hard, but uh, no, but it, it's really good for you. So I've, I'm definitely doing that more now, especially after that injury. And you mentioned, you know, how well you were playing uh, for our listeners who don't know on the pro circuit uh, for you before you got that injury in April. As I mentioned, you, uh, you win that event in Bakersfield, knock off a ton of guys, you know, high pedigree college tennis players. You go get another win in Calabasas the next week. Uh, then you go to Sarasota, make the round of 16. Uh, what was it like for you, I guess, early in the season, given the way you ended 2018? to have that sort of validation on the pro circuit to see that sort of success? Yeah, I mean, I was I knew 2018 was a solid year, but, you know, no standout results. But I was I was still very confident in my game, and I, I was confident I'd, I'd break out at some point. And then I was I started playing my best tennis, like, around Bakersfield right before that. And for you, having, you know, made the semifinals of the U.S. Open Juniors last year, uh, obviously you've had a ton of success on the junior level. What, for you, was the biggest adjustment that, because, you know, 2018 you started having some more success uh, on the pro circuit towards the end of it, but what has really allowed you to make that jump in 2019 professionally? Yeah, it's to jump up from juniors to pros, it's so much lasting physically and mentally not even like the game as much the tennis game it's more lasting physically and mentally throughout the whole match and being disciplined to every single point because the i mean i mean the games are similar but the, the all the pros every point you know you have to really earn it so that's just tougher in that regard so I, this is a crazy thing, but again, you won Kalamazoo. You played Brandon Nakashima in that final. It's hard to imagine people hitting the ball harder than Brandon. Would you say it really is just a relentless thing? It's once you get to the pro circuit, it's just every ball comes at you that way? Yeah, I mean, it's just more consistency of that type of ball, I think, at this level. Like every point, there's no mental lapses or anything like that. And I guess, for, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, just saying you just need more consistency in that, yeah. Yeah, I I think you can see that. And for you, again, uh, to sort of get that experience on the challenger level, um, you've been committed to college throughout this whole process, and that is something I want to talk about. But why have you been, as opposed to playing juniors events in the run-up to joining Baylor in January, been dabbling on the pro circuit? Why is that more beneficial for you at this point? Yeah, a lot of people play the junior circuit, but I'm just like, I mean, I'm trying to go pro eventually, so I just want to see how high my my ATP rank can be before I start college. And for you, how's the traveling been? You know, Decatur, Illinois doesn't scream out to anyone on the map, uh, but just you going from city to city, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's not always at the best places, clearly, for the futures, but um, it's 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 a lot of traveling for sure, a lot of, a lot of weeks on the road and a lot of different places, but I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that likes traveling, so I'm pretty good with it. Yeah, what's something you do to pass the time? Oh, God, I mean... <laughs> like I said, the tough questions. But I like playing cards a lot with the people I travel with, so that that takes up a lot of time for sure. And poker player? 
Oh no, just like hearts and I, I don't know poker at all. Hearts. Yeah. And... No, hearts plays. It's it's like working on doubles chemistry. You find your right partner, you play hearts. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess for you, uh, just to cap off this U.S. Open trip, uh, I know now in round two you match up, I believe, with Sagita, uh, the number twenty-seven seed. But for someone who has pro aspirations but is still, you know, uh, uh, considering and very likely going to go to college, how valuable is an experience like getting to play through U.S. Open qualities, get the grind of having to win three matches before making a, a main draw for someone like you with pro aspirations? Yeah, it's it's very important for um, me to play this. I mean, you play all the features and challenges, you know, hoping to make U.S. Open, and I'm, I'm fortunate I was able to, and I just want to soak in another good experience. But I think I'm more ready this year to do better than last year, and then it, it'll help prepare with the college atmosphere of matches as well playing this because there's good crowds and there's more pressure here absolutely and having gotten the main draw wild card last year uh you know you're kind of just thrown to the wolves right away do you like this uh, the ability to play qualifying right now i mean sure later in your career you don't ever want to have to think about qualifying but this idea of going through earning your way getting three matches at the event beforehand in order to play the main draw yeah, I like that idea. I mean, it's it's more of a it's like it's the t- it's like a tougher way of you know earning your way into the main draw for me this year compared to last year. Yeah, ab- <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And I, I guess for you, while you're on the site, you're going to get any hitting in with any other pros there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hitting with uh, Alex Lebedev mostly as my uh, <laughs> hitting guy because he's here and you know he knows my coach Joseph Gilbert, so it's just easier training, but. I'm sure in the next couple of days I'll hit with yeah another pro. Yeah, are are you gonna try and stick around through the week regardless win or lose? Mm, I think whenever I'm done I'll only stay like one extra day and probably just head home. That's fair. And look, you've got things to prepare for, and you mentioned that trip to Baylor in January. And I know the last time you were on the podcast, you and Dalton talked a lot about you know how you got involved with tennis, all of those things. So uh, listeners, go check out that cracked interviews for more on that. But for someone who's had your level of pro success, again, you've cracked the top 400 at this point. You've won a match at U.S. Open Qualies, won matches at Challengers, win healthy. I think now you've won, what, three of your last four Futures events. What is it about college tennis and, you know, the Baylor program in particular that have kept you committed to it throughout this entire process? Yeah, I mean, college tennis is, is a great way for development, and I've I've loved the whole Baylor coaching staff, you know, Brian, Michael, Isaac, they do a great job and I'm, I can't wait to work with them so they can help my game get better. And that's, that's pretty much the big reason why I'm still wanting to go. I like asking this to all of the people who've experienced it, but Brian Boland walks into that dinner room and he's sitting down with the Brooksby's. Uh, what's his pitch? Yeah. I mean, he wants to, you know, he wants to go win a national championship and um, <laughs> that's, that's his main thing. And, he just—he's—he well, knows Joe, my coach. He knows Joe well. He—he because uh, he coached Colin before, and he just wants to go win a title with Baylor. So that's that's the main pitch. So uh, you mentioned, I, I believe, you and Colin, uh, Colin Altamirano, who you're referring to, former UVA All-American, grew up at that same tr- uh, training academy, and it does seem like you guys have this same. Uh, physicality about you, this ability to uh, last. Is that something that's, that, you know, growing up with that same coach, something he in, instills in you guys early on? 
Yeah, definitely. That and the technique. I mean, we've both been taught by him for... The forehands are borderline identical. Yep. <laughs> Even the backhand somewhat, but the forehands, I, I've heard that before. Yeah, the forehands look so similar. Yeah. yeah, these may be fighting words, but you've come on twice. Colin has been ducking our interview. I like your backhand a little better. I'm going to say it. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, of course, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but I guess, you know, you, growing up with a guy like Colin, who you're training closely with, you're seeing the success he has. You see uh, the way he went to college and is now, you know, working his way on the pro circuit. Is that a guy, you know, do you fire questions off of him, ask him what he took out of his college experience as you look to make this decision? No, I mean, he's not a guy, you know, that lets, lets too much information out as i'm sure you can tell so i don't uh necessarily talk to him much but i i've i've looked up to him when i was younger and you know seeing how he does and just you know following on a similar-ish path and with the streak of guys like him, you know, all those Virginia guys, Kwiatkowski, Richard, Aragoni, uh, now guys like J.J. Wolf, Torpegard, just throughout, you know, Stevie Johnson, Kevin Anderson, all of these college guys um, going there, developing, and then making the jump successfully to the pros. Is that something that actively influences you as you're making this decision? I mean, it's not like I think about it too much, but I, I, <laughs> yeah. it does help me. It is helping me be aware that you know college tennis is a great route to go to prepare for the pro tour that's fair look i have a lot of time on my hands i think about those sort of things um i guess then for you looking forward and look maybe you qualify you win a couple of rounds and uh the prize money just becomes too much to pass up but for you looking at this college tennis season uh what are you looking forward to most about joining the baylor bears yeah i mean i I love all the um all the teammates i mean i love all the guys on the team i i really got along with them on my official visit um and then coaching staff and even just all the people in waco i was you know i'm very excited to just join that community and ready to go fight for a championship what are your thoughts on transitioning to no ad scoring yeah i mean i'll and no ads in a let so i'll be i'll be prepared for sure i mean it, it, <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't think honestly for me it'll take that much getting used to because you know i'll be It'll be different for sure, but I'll be very prepared coming in. Yeah, and I'm also curious, what about the doubles component? I know, you know, you, you've played some, but not a ton of doubles throughout your career. Are you excited to maybe dabble in those waters? Yeah, I don't I don't play much doubles in most of these tournaments in the futures or anything, but uh, I'm I'm excited to, I'll, I'll get better in doubles for sure and, and once once I'm there. So I'm looking forward to that too, yeah. Yeah, and you talked about the development, but I guess for someone who's very clear about their pro aspirations, what is it about the college game that you think uh, can be most beneficial? Just getting some time to you know matriculate through that system—is it a physicality thing? Is it a you know an aggression thing? What about college tennis itself do you think will help you develop your game? Yeah, I think it's mostly about like because a lot of the teams have like good crowds, and you're you're playing for you know, a whole team, not just yourself. So I, I think playing under more pressure is going to be a big thing to help prepare for the pro tour. So then it, it almost seems like less pressure once you're playing in the pro matches. Yeah. Called, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And look, the sort of success you've had uh, throughout, you know, the end of last season coming into this year, semifinals in Waco, semifinals in LA. I feel like that semifinal in Waco at the end of last year, maybe you're like, hey, I'm pretty good on these courts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't. 
didn't put much thought into that at that specific time, but uh, yeah, I played pretty well on those indoor courts. Look, as always, Brian Boland knows what he's doing. He's greasing the wheels. He sets that up beautifully for you. Um, no, and yeah, just for all of these, I mean, just you look at your 2019, you have taken a serious jump. I guess moving forward, what have you seen through uh, your time on the pro circuit that you want to improve most as you uh, get to college and just make that jump into the pros? Yeah, the most important thing for me is just, you know, being able to play a good point every single time. It seems easy, but, you know, you get, you know, in the, especially in these matches here in the US Open, their opponents are very physical. So you just, it's, got to work on being able to last, you know, every game, the whole match, like when it gets like deep in the third set. So just working on the physicality. So I'll be in the best shape possible for, you know, once I play a lot of matches in the college season. I mentioned that Sarasota challenger earlier where you made the round of 16. Um, I'm, I'm curious that that result was on clay. Uh, have you played a lot of uh, clay in your life? Is that a surface you're comfortable with? I hadn't played on clay a lot. I don't think I'd even played uh, for a whole year um, on clay before that tournament, but I, I do like playing on clay when I get to. Yeah, I yeah. Get to again. yeah, because it's just, it's a whole other component. I feel like of the, you forget that it's on all of these different surfaces when you're sort of making that jump. But I guess then for you, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to let you out of here. You know, it wouldn't be a cracked interviews if we didn't end with a rapid fire. So I want to do that. But just one last serious question for you. Uh, and again, this is where Coach Boland, stop listening, turn off the podcast, you'll get in trouble. Uh, but for you, what would you have to see personally? Because again, you're top 400. You've won a couple of pro titles this year on the future circuit, but still uh, titles nonetheless. You've had some success when you've had the opportunities to dabble in the Challenger Tournament. Now you win a U.S. Open qualifying match. What would you want or need, I suppose, to see from yourself down this home stretch to maybe consider, uh, hey, I'm, I'm ready for pro tennis and it would be wrong for me to miss that opportunity now? Yeah, there's a few things. First, first of all would be, um, you know, just staying healthy throughout all the way through January. No, no injuries because that would take away any time needed and show I'm not ready for the physicality of it for like the whole years of being on the pro tour but um also if i were to qualify here and win around that would probably help me like turn pro rather than go to college because that's just you know so much money to pass up and then also if I, if I can get my ranking up to around like 200 roughly then or like two 220 something in that range then i think i'd be ready to leave yeah and look the reason i ask is because for players who are toggling in between for fans who are wondering how players make that sort of decision it's a it's not just the tennis right it's the finances it's the quality of life it's all those things well on the finances side yeah because i'll just say a scholarship offer because it's it's four three years of college for basically you're getting for the rest of your life when i go for you know even if it's just one season so i'd have to make up a good amount of that if i were to turn pro yeah, I completely. That's a very mature answer. Again, that's the sort of answer, Coach Boland. Maybe you will like to listen to that. Um, but so, all right. With that being said, then there's one last thing I want to do. We like to do it with all of our guests. It's a rapid fire segment. I'm going to ask you fun questions. You can give me, you know, the answers that come to the top of your mind. Sound good? Yep. Uh, you sound a little apprehensive. Maybe Dalton gave you the wrong questions last time. This will be the fun edition. I'm this tight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But all right, with that in mind, uh, Westoff, give me a rapid-fire sound effect, please. All right, we will start here. Let's say qualifying goes well and you get a first-round draw. Your dream first-round opponent at the U.S. Open would be? Mm, Tomek. 
really funny answer. Good answer. I like that one. Uh, you thought of that one before. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really funny. I mean, that's fair. Um, all right. The the most difficult part of life on the road. Being away from home and family so much. The most enjoyable part of life on the road. Um, seeing new places and meeting meeting new people. I would have also accepted being away from family and home for <laughs> time. Yeah, it would have been fair to go both ways. Yeah. Yeah, all right. The pregame song you are using this week to get you ready for these matches. NF options I'm liking a lot, but all NF songs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, are you a routine guy? Yeah, I, I, I actually listen to, like, the same, like, you know, 10, 15 songs, something like that, and like, four <laughs> matches and stuff. I, I got the same song. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, then give me the Jensen Brooksby pre-match routine. Oh, God. All right. So I'll... Yeah, the PG version. <laughs> PG. Yeah, usually warm up, like, start the warm up like an hour and a half before a match. Um, go into, like, you know, 45 minutes before and then just, you know, shower, change, you know, talk about the game plan for the match and then just get pumped up. This is one of my new ones that it's one of my it's maybe because I'm old now and I just sweat so I'm not old I'm 23 but I just sweat so much more now than it feels like I used to so with that in mind my sweat in your thoughts uh, wristband or no wristband um I didn't for a long time but I have been lately especially in like Sarasota and here because it's more humid but I, I think I'm gonna start using them all the time right it just like unlocks something and once the wrist starts sweating the grip is just done. Yeah, exactly. You got to switch so many grips while you're here, and like especially okay. here in New York. So I'll be using uh, wrist. Completely agree. Shock absorber, no shock absorber. Yeah, shock absorber. Really, I was never a shock absorber guy. The dampeners, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Call them whatever. Like, it just it was never for me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I probably just started using them when I was like seven or something. I guess I just got comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, uh, you're like this one's for me. Um, all right. The coolest aspect about being at the U.S. Open. It's kind of lame, but just frankly, just you know, proving proving myself and seeing how well I can do, I guess. But if you want a, a non-result-based one, then I could think of something. <laughs> totally fair. I love it. Well, then, uh, let, let's keep going with this theme. The thing, the non-tennis-related thing you're most looking forward to about college. I kind of go into parties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be crazy in that regard. I'm not like I'm not a guy that just does them all the time, but I'm looking forward to the social aspect for sure because I don't yeah. get much of that right now. Exactly. I was going to say the political correct would be the social experience, the social interactions, right? Experience, yes. Yeah, that's what he meant. The social interactions. Relax, NCAA. Relax. Um, yeah, no, com- completely agree with you. Um, all right. Uh, the tournament you would like to play the most in your career? Well, I've got this one checked off this week, but. Uh... <laughs> Besides that, I mean, probably Wimbledon. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. When you are not on the court, what are you doing? A lot of YouTube and <laughs> piano. I like piano a lot. Really? You're a piano guy. Instrument. Classical. Go-to composer. Mozart, for sure. Uh, uh, Wolfgang Amadeus? Yeah. No, uh, no. Not Mo Mozart. Yeah, I love the Sonata songs. Yeah, for sure. Not a Bach guy? Mm, not as much. No, I feel yeah. That's that's my go-to. Those are my names. That's all I got. Um, 
All right, well then, my last one for you, and I like to emphasize this on all of our podcasts this week because U.S. Open qualifying for listeners, if you're in the New York area, completely free. You're going to see such high-quality tennis. So my question to you for fans who may be at the New York, uh, who may be in New York this week, for fans who may get the chance to see you play uh, for Baylor a season of college tennis, what do you want fans to take away the most from watching you play? Yeah, I mean, I, I want people to see that I, I believe I'm the biggest fighter out there and I'm very disciplined in my game and I just really, really want to win. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I love hearing it. Well, you know, again, yeah, cheer me on. yeah, exactly. Please come cheer Jensen on because again, second round tomorrow against Sagita, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Jensen, again, thank you so much time for uh, coming back on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We love having you as you are weighing, you know, eventually you're going to go on win this tournament. It's the Cracked Interviews bump. Uh, but short of that, you know, stay in, stay, you know, when you blow up then, stay in contact because we love having you. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, of course. And good luck this week. Yep. Thank you. All right. Take care.